Welcome to the In All Things podcast. Here, we talk about everything from friendship and personalities to contentment and faith. Our goal, to encourage you to seek Christ in all things. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Sierra. Let's imagine you're in my living room and dive into real conversation. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining today's conversation. I'm really glad that you're here. From the time that we're born, we are being taught how to use our words. We observe others using their words with us, and we learn from that. How to express when we're excited or sad or angry, maybe nervous. We can have absolutely zero forethought to the words we speak, and we speak them in two seconds, and they can either cause a lifetime of pain, or it can be so impactful that it encourages somebody to carry on. That carries a lot of weight, and it means that we have a huge responsibility with how we use our words. The Bible talks a lot about using our words, the right way to use them and the wrong ways to use them as well. I honestly could probably talk for 45 minutes just reading Bible verses about our words. I won't, but I could. In James, we see a good picture of what our tongues are compared to. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider that a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, the world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow, that is such a profound verse. One small thing that we say can make the world of difference, good or bad, like a spark causing a forest fire. In fact, Proverbs 18 even tells us that the tongue has the power of life or death. So let's first talk about what the Bible says about how not to use our words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. No unwholesome talk. Another version says no corrupting talk. I think we can make a pretty long laundry list of what could fall under this category. Vulgarity, gossip, swearing, lies, tearing somebody down. Wow, that list could just go on and on. It says in Colossians 3, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. I remember a few years ago, I was working in a customer service position, and I got a phone call from an angry dad. We, as a business, had made a mistake that he wanted it fixed. And I don't blame him for that, but he was angry. And as I began asking him questions, trying to help him, he only got more mad and began cussing me up and down. I'd worked in customer service for a while. I had been yelled at before, but I'd never been cussed at, especially not what he was doing. It got to the point where I eventually had to calmly ask him to not use that language with me as I was trying to help, but that just spurred him on even more. And when I finally got off the phone with him, I just immediately broke down in tears. There was no controlling it in that moment. My coworker looked at me and she's like, go take a lunch break. And I basically sat in my car and cried. And here's the thing. I knew I hadn't done anything wrong. I knew that I was trying to help him. And I even knew 
that it wasn't really me personally that he was mad at. He was divorced. It was a very complicated situation. And like I mentioned, we had made a mistake and he was upset. But his words, especially the language and his tone, are things that I will never forget. I think everybody is different in how they take negative comments. Some people are able to brush them off. Others pretend to brush them off. And then there are those of us who very much take what others say to us to heart. I am one of those people, the latter. And just for the perspective of for those who aren't like this, I can remember comments made to me when I was four, well over 20 years ago. I know that that sounds really ridiculous. And trust me, it's not really the f- most fun thing being able to always remember those things. But I say that to point out that your words can stay with others possibly forever. Use them wisely. And if I can't tell you exactly what was said to me, I can absolutely name the person who's, who said them and the way that it was said. There's a quote that says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that is so true. Another thing that the Bible talks a lot about is lying. It is clear in numerous places that we are to tell the truth. Another verse from Proverbs said that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Such a huge word, but we can literally hear the disgust within it, can't you? Even the Ten Commandments addresses this. We are not to bear false witness. And Jesus later says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So deceit and dishonesty is quite opposite of who Christ is. It's a pretty big deal to lie. Growing up, and I actually know many other families who are like this as well, lying was basically double trouble. If you did something wrong, but you told the truth, our consequences had the possibility of being much less than if we were to have covered it up and lied about it. I have a friend who said that I could share this story on today's episode, but I'm going to be changing the names. Um, Hannah has a daughter. Her name is Leah. And one day, Leah called up a friend, and we'll call this friend Savannah, to invite her over. When Leah called, um, Savannah's mom actually answered the phone and explained that Savannah was over at a neighbor's house, but would call Leah back later. But it was actually discovered through somebody else later that day that Savannah was not at the neighbor's house. She was at camp with her neighbor. Yet when Leah had invited Savannah to camp a few months earlier, she was told that Savannah wouldn't be going to camp that summer at all. My friend Hannah was pretty upset that one, she had been lied to about Savannah's camp plans, mainly because that really hurt Leah's feelings, as I'm sure we can all understand. Maybe we've been in that place before. But the other thing was, Savannah's mom lied to Leah by telling her that Savannah was at a neighbor's house. So Hannah ended up calling Savannah's mom and asked why she would lie to her daughter, who was just a young teenager, about that. And the mom apologized about lying, but also denied ever declining Leah's camp invitation from months earlier. And I love that what Hannah did here in this situation. She called someone out on their lying. And we're going to talk more about that soon, but that's really important. But I think what's also really important is to really consider the fact that, yes, the truth, and in this situation, the truth was that Savannah went to camp without Leah, that may hurt. 
And no, that's still not right what happened there, but it hurt a lot more when they had to find that truth out from somebody else after being lied to about it. We got to remember that the truth will come out. Somebody will hear about it. Technology has changed that exponentially. People post on social media all of the time. People text other people all of the time. And it just goes around in gossip, which we're going to talk about next. All Savannah's mom really had to do was admit that she was in the wrong about the camp plans and tell Leah the truth, yet she tried to cover it up. And that's what led to more hurt. Something else that we're warned against is using our words to gossip, which I just briefly mentioned there. This can be a huge struggle, and I feel like it's gotten more difficult with social media because it seems that everything is everyone else's business. If we see a friend post something on Instagram, it's easy to kind of think, oh, well, that's fair game then to talk about. When in reality, whatever it really is, it still is their story to tell. Proverbs has a lot to say about gossip and and words in general, if you've noticed some of the verses I've already shared have been from there. But Proverbs says that a gossip separates close friends. Have you ever experienced that? A few years ago, that happened to me. Someone started gossiping about me in my church small group. And it can be really humiliating and devastating at times. Another verse actually says that the words of a gossip are like choice morsels because they go down to the inmost parts. Words can hurt. And I think a lot of us would choose a physical wound than hurt from words because oftentimes those are what takes longer to heal. And yet another Proverbs verse explains that a gossip betrays confidence and it warns us to avoid anyone who talks too much in that way. And I think that's a pretty strong and powerful statement. It's pretty convicting to think about. Would Proverbs warn somebody against being friends with you? In Matthew, we read, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. So we really need to look at what's in our hearts and how is it pouring out off our tongues as a result? If we look at how the Bible does say to use our words, we see so much life given. First, I want to revisit telling the truth. And I know we already talked about the lying part. Which, and really that could be a whole episode on its own, but telling the truth goes so much farther than just being honest. A lot of times, the truth is hard, as we could see in that example that I gave. Sometimes the truth is not fun to speak or to hear, but it is still necessary. And you may recall a few weeks ago, I actually talked about accountability. And there are some good examples in there about when the truth is hard, which I really recommend listening to. In Ephesians 4, we see that we are to speak the truth in love. I'm a pretty direct person. I don't really like to beat around the bush. I'd kind of just rather say it like it is. Better to be direct than not to be clear. That's that's my motto. Um, But sometimes it can come out very flat and unloving. Because my goal is to get from point A to the truth as quickly as possible. And sometimes that cuts out the bedside manner, for lack of a better term. Our tone of voice can make a world of difference. You need to put a lot more work into this. Sounds a lot worse than this could be a bit better with a little bit more work. The tone and just a few words were changed and you can save a lot of hurt feelings by doing that. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. 
We are called to encourage each other, building each other up. Tell somebody that you're proud of them. Write them a note cheering them on. Send a text that's checking in on them. There's a family who I know, they print out some postcards with their family photo and it has the words, you've been prayed for, written on the front. And they write a little note to different families as they pray for them and send that in the mail. Now, I don't know how often they do this, but even if it was once a month, what a difference that can make in somebody's day to get that in the mail. This is one reason I often stress the importance of community, because this is what community is supposed to do. Encourage one another, speak life into each other. There are very few things as powerful as this. I read a story online a few days ago by a mom who had built a business from home through what I understood to be an MLM of sorts, although I could be wrong on on that part. Um, But she explained that she had never, ever heard the words, I'm proud of you from anyone in her life, not from her parents or grandparents, not from a teacher or a pastor, not even from her friends. But she had reached a goal in her business and ended up getting a phone call from the CEO of that company who finally said those words, I'm proud of you. She had worked really hard towards a goal and somebody who recognized it and congratulated her for that, but also was proud of her. Have you ever been told that? Have you ever told somebody else that? I knew a mom who would never tell her kids that she was proud of them because it would develop pride in them. You guys, there's nothing wrong with being proud of somebody else. And telling them that can change their day or their week and sometimes has the potential to change the course of their life. Verbalize your encouragements to others. Tell your friend that she's a good wife or mom or grandma or that he is a good husband and dad. Tell your parents that you're proud of how hard they work. Recognize a friend who's just living life really well. Share how grateful you are for a pastor or mentor. All of these go a really long way. And the last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to using our words is using them to spread the gospel. We have such a gift being able to speak and explain and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We are all called to share the love of Jesus. Some do this by singing, others through speaking or preaching. There are people who write books or blogs or use their social media accounts. Not everyone has those platforms, though, or even wants those platforms. My mom is a great example of sharing the love of Christ with anyone that she comes in contact with. My mom has prayed with people who are doing work at her house, and she strikes up a conversation with them about the Lord. She always finds a way to point somebody to Christ no matter what the conversation is, whether it's with her family, her friends, or an actual stranger on the street. There's no question who she is living for and why. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. There are people who try to take the guilt-tripping method of sharing the gospel. They condemn others for their sin instead of magnifying what Christ did for our sins. This verse that I just read explains that we are to share the gospel with others, but in a gentle, loving, and respectful way. What does it mean to always be prepared to give an answer? I think that it means that we actually need to prepare. And that takes some time and maybe a little practice. But what do we say to somebody who asks about our faith? How do we share it? Can we actually share it clearly? 
Can we share it without condemning somebody? Will we have answers for some of their questions? Now, of course, I don't want to insinuate that we have to be perfect when we give these answers. It's okay if you trip over your words, and certainly we are not required to have all of the answers. But I want to share that I have often found the more that I'm in the word in my personal time, the more interactions that I have with others where topics come up that I've recently read about. Those situations are no accident. If you are digging into the Bible and absorbing what you are reading, God is absolutely going to give you opportunities to share what you've learned. By doing so, you get to learn even more and you get to practice, but also you're sharing the good news with someone new in the process. Our tongues are a pretty small part of our body, but they are also the most powerful. I just want to leave you with one more verse. This comes from James 1. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We've now talked about how not to use our words, and we've chatted about how we should be using our words. I also think we can talk about not using our words at all. Do you ever just need to talk to someone and for them to just listen? I think we've probably all been there at some point. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Giving people a listening ear can be so impactful to them and to you. Think of what you can learn in that. Think of what they may need to share with somebody. Sometimes it's really easy to just spout off a piece of advice that you think would be helpful or to give them a direction because you know the right decision or maybe to tell a relatable story because you've actually been where they are now. None of those in and of themselves are bad things to do. And most likely they're coming from a good heart. But take a moment and pray that whatever comes out of your mouth next is helpful and honoring to that person. Because there are times when the last thing that we need is advice. So I encourage you to be that person who is quick to listen and slow to speak. And when you speak, it is breathing life into somebody else. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you for joining today's conversation. I hope this was an encouraging episode as you continue to walk with the Lord. If it was, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps with the app's algorithm and allows In All Things to be accessible to even more people. Share with your friends and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at In All Things Pod on both of those and visit our website at inallthingspodcast.com. See you next time.